0: Hey there Space Cats, welcome to the Halloween episode of the Black Hole Podcast. That's right, it's Halloween, so if your semi-autonomous vehicle becomes possessed, call Mitch, the Auto Exorcist, at 412-440-3450. That's right, all you spooks out there, call the number, and you can trust Mitch to investigate your vehicle. Seriously, though, welcome to the Halloween episode, uh, TraffNet episode five, um, and uh, just gonna give a quick update on the progress of the TraffNet platform company nonprofit. Uh, I spoke with. A lawyer uh, with a law firm and they gave me an estimate on how much it would cost to uh, become a nonprofit uh, out of their privacy I guess I won't disclose that um, originally they said it's based off of in- income joint income between my wife and myself which makes sense a lot of wealthy people form nonprofits to uh, avoid taxes so um, but uh spoke with the lawyer. They said I have to form a board of uh, oversight board to facilitate the nonprofit. profit um, They couldn't rem- remember how many people it needed to be. Uh, so I'm looking for a board. I'm looking for enough people out there that think this company is a good enough idea that they'll sit on a board we can meet remotely uh have meetings it's going to be a totally transparent company just like any other company i've attempted to start um so if you give a certain amount uh to the nonprofit, you get complete voting rights uh we'll, like this podcast is transparent we'll have updates an email list and uh run it totally transparent but um yeah, that's pretty much all the progress I've made. I know it's been a while since I have podcasted. Not really, though. I I started another podcast, which I'll get into at the end of this. Um, so I just want to reiterate what I talked about on the last episode, a national security threat involving autonomous and semi-autonomous vehicles. And uh, my point is, is that these wireless companies... Uh, It might be fine to send a video or a picture or talk to someone across the country using the wireless company's technology. But we're talking about four or five thousand pound vehicles, one ton vehicles on roads hurtling towards each other. And you're going to you're going to trust wireless company's technology, the existing wireless network which was probably built as cheaply as possible as anything in uh and it seems like anything in capitalism is not that if the government did it they would do it any better they take the lowest bidder as well but i guess my point is is that you know we should have a standardized extremely secure network if we're going to jump into autonomous uh vehicles and on that note here in Pittsburgh, an autonomous uh, vehicle company just closed. I don't know if this podcast has anything to do with it. Uh, I think they're just going into the next phase where they partner with the actual automobile manufacturers, their two largest investors. Um, but they've shut their doors. They were worth $7 billion at one point. Um, saw their cars all on, around the roads in Pittsburgh. Uh, so, you know, I'm not like I said, I'm not against autonomous vehicles if they help disabled people get to different places or the elderly get to different places and have more freedom. But can you call it free? I mean, basically, these autonomous vehicles, this technology is the privatization of the American roadway, right? Eventually, the propaganda machine is going to say, the autonomous vehicles are safer than uh, individual drivers, so you have to have an autonomous vehicle or you have to uh, pay some kind of fine or pay for some kind of extra technology in your car. I mean, it's, it's eventually they're going to say if you want to be on the roadways, you have to have this technology from these private companies rather than trusting individual drivers on a roadway system that was built by taxpayer money so you're gonna pay those taxes you're gonna pay taxpayer uh, money to pave the roads and maintain the roads but then to basically be able to take a vehicle that can get you to point A to B rather quickly you're gonna have to go through private companies um, totally and completely not that we can distill our own gasoline either I mean you need private companies to drive cars and stuff like that too, as it is, but it's, it's taking it to another level, I believe. So, um, if you want open and free roadways, uh, align yourself with the Traffnet company and we'll work on, uh, seeing how hackable these vehicles are, as well as these other traffic strategies I've proposed in the last four episodes. And, uh, I want to talk about another traffic reducing uh measure specifically for cities and towns um well, it can be applied to the country as well i guess but on my street uh they just tore a hole in the street in the sidewalk this is the third time our street's been torn up in the past two years year and a half uh people have to move their vehicles you can't park on the street and they they put up signs that have a month-long date period so that you you can't park there for a week, but they only, you know, they put the signs up on Monday, but they might not start on the project till Thursday, uh, you know, and then they finish in a day or two, but, you know, it's it's kind of a pain in the butt, and like, I think it could just be so much more organized and I've expressed this on multiple platforms, how this could become more organized. What it is is I mean, there's gas line issues. They're upgrading the gas lines under the streets to the individual houses. And there's lead pipe issues here in Pittsburgh where a lot of houses have lead lines going into them and they're getting replaced slowly through different programs. The city's not doing a blanket replacement. They might, uh, speed it up a little bit more now that they have this infrastructure money but like my house has a lead line going into it um and we haven't replaced it yet and I I feel bad re- going and replacing it and getting the street ripped up again uh and that's why I say it could be so much more organized like um that's why I should have a platform some kind of a online platform because we would organize things so much better news technology, so much better I feel. Um, but you have the Nextdoor app uh, and that's just kind of a. it's based on your address. It's like a social media platform um, but you input your address and it kind of maps out everybody that's in the neighborhood. Uh, also I think Facebook had a neighborhood aspect to their platform. I never haven't tried it yet. I don't know if that took off or if it's still going either of these platforms here's my idea um you allow a street like my streets like 200 yards long 150 yards long maybe um you allow that street the people to organize using the platform and every homeowner on this street Every landlord on the, anybody that owns a building on the street, they can make an offer. They can say, "I will give two hundred dollars towards replacing my lead line, my lead water line." Uh, that's so it goes into a giant pool for the whole street, and eventually we can take and say, "Look, we have." Uh, forty five hundred dollars or five thousand dollars committed if you come in take the street up once put the new lead lines in for the whole street and pave it over instead of, like i said there's these programs for elderly people people over 65 they can get theirs replaced for free so you have this hodgepodge of programs that come in and replace them at different times when people apply Uh, people pay out of pocket and that's what I'm saying we could the people who are going to pay out of pocket uh, you know could make an offer to the city to organize this and get this done all at once so that we don't have to keep moving our cars so that the street's done and you could even take that to the gas lines and everything our gas lines were replaced a couple years ago Um, that was three or four years ago so again this road just about every year every half year our road gets torn up and about we lose about eight parking spots for unknown amount of time. So that's idea one. Another idea I had if I became mayor of Pittsburgh. uh, So and I again, I wrote to the mayor of Pittsburgh to see if he would hire me so that I could enact some of these ideas, but I'll just put them out there. Uh, We should have a parking valet task force. That works hand in hand with construction companies that are tearing up streets and also works with the Pittsburgh parking authority uh, the parking uh, the parking structures and stuff around the city, even the private ones and they work out a deal and this this task force and I would happily head this task force if if uh, a mayor out there wants to put me on this but we would work with the construction company, find out what street's going to be shut down, how long it's going to be shut down for instead of just a vague one week or one month. And then we would knock on doors of people's houses and say, hey, uh, we're going to be here at this time in the morning to move your car and we'll bring it back at this time and uh, when the construction is done each day. And they could park it at the parking garage up the street, they'd work on finding parking spots for these people like why are we going after the tax paying landowners that are paying property tax and nailing them with tickets and towing their vehicles when there's a construction project why why wouldn't we have a parking task force that can uh help facilitate clearing these cars out it's not that hard to knock on doors and find out who owns cars and things like that and give people warning ahead of time and work it out a lot better. So, um, that's another idea I had was a parking valet task force, uh, that can work on other parking issues, which I might get into, uh, at a later time, or I could talk to a mayor of a major Metro city and purvey some of these, um, ideas. Uh, but basically instead of finding people for having a vehicle, you help them, you know, especially these elderly people, if you could move their car for them and move it back when at the end of the workday, I think that would be helpful, and I think it's a good idea. And maybe some cities already do this, uh, but Pittsburgh doesn't, that's for sure. And, again, this could be a 5 three, four-, five-person task force that rotates all around the city, and you wouldn't need that. You, know, you could do it as a pilot program, and you wouldn't need that many of these task forces. There's not that much construction going on at any one time, um, to facilitate, you know, a huge workforce. Uh, So I just want to end by talking about my trip to Florida. Uh, Me and my dad loaded up uh, my father-in-law's trailer, and we drove with lumber and materials. And my parents have a, uh, a trailer in an RV park and right outside of Arcadia, right where Hurricane Ian hit, the eye of it hit their park. We had uh, had the opportunity for a free place to stay. Their trailer wasn't too badly damaged. I called before the storm hit and I said, hey, if you guys want, I'll go down there and uh, I can do some journalism and stuff like that as well, do a podcast about it. And after it hit, uh, we we, we went. Uh, My dad said, let's go. Um, we took all of our power tools, equipment, learned a lot. Um, I took some video of some of the damage in Port Charlotte. I took that video and I set all six episodes of the fift- 15 minutes per episode podcast. It's called Hurry In to Florida. That's I-E-A-N I-A-N. sorry. Hurry, like Hurricane Ian to Florida. Uh, It's a podcast on here that's going to expire shortly uh, on Buzzsprout, and it's also set to the video at my Disability TV channel if you want to see the raw um, video and listen to the podcast on there. It's Disability TV, Disability First Name, TV Last. Don't have time to get to the sponsors on this one. Thanks for listening, and join me next time.